Listening to the MMAniacs with Nick David and Matt Kona. In Bellator this past weekend, what's his name? Joe. Joe Warren? Joe Warren, baby, he's back. Where did he go? <laughs> he was out with a devastating injury and he got thrown around his last time out. First fight since the knee injury. He's 39 years old. So I guess the young buck. Yeah, he's one of that co-main event in Bellator. Best fight of the night. I didn't get to see any of Bellator any. stuff at all, but I. We're opening. This is the first time in MMAX history we are opening with Bellator talk. Oh. Joe Warren, though, it should be noted, uh, has a podcast which you can listen to. Uh, it's god damn it now I forget the name of it it used to be called let's get it on with Big John McCarthy and Sean Wheelock oh but Big John left moved to Vegas and wanted to referee more than podcast perhaps so uh we fuck it's called like the line or third line or something Uh. fucking line Right. Fuck that thing. <laughs> I'm gonna try and pay attention to not right. killing us. Yeah, that's good. No one cares about that. Ah, Joe Warren. It was a good fight. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but he's a younger uh, uh, fella. Let's what? say hello. Let's say hello, everybody. Okay, hi. Uh, hey, everybody. Nick David here. Matt Kona is also here. Matt Kona, MMA Maniacs podcast. All right, Joe Warren. That's where we're starting things off. I didn't get to see any of the Bellator fights, although I did. I did. I was spoiled that Chuck Congo got a uh, boring decision win. Got a boring decision win. Yeah. <laughs> we just went by a bus. We're we're in my car driving uh, from a radio show to Matt Kona's house. Yeah, you can hear by. Nick. We're, Nick and I were guests along with nineteen other comics on, a, on a, <laughs> the Tommy Odeed show on WEMF Radio. You can check it out. Yeah. We posted a thing on about it on Facebook. Yes, it was tonight. They OD'd on comics. Yeah. <laughs> It was Still a, a good time. And we had some delicious vegetarian sandwiches. We did. We just went to, what's the name of that place? Clover. Clover. Clover, Lab, yeah. Clover on Mass Ave, and it was really good. It was right next door to the Middle East. And I got a, they call it a chickpea fritter, which is uh, just another name for falafel, and it was awesome. And Kona got a barbecued seitan sandwich, which also looked delicious. That's great. And I have he did. He had it. He had it finished before I was even halfway done with mine. <laughs> I did. And I came in famished, and he came in not hungry at all. <laughs> in, in your defense, that's true. Uh, <laughs> you you were busy videotaping a drunk man outside of our parking spot trying to do several things, trying to knock over a trash can with one finger, uh, <laughs> figure out why he was. Uh, using solar power, and then he was uh, he was tracing the hieroglyphic of the person throwing a piece of paper into the trash, like it had some ancient message to deliver to him. Yes, 
But then he tried to steal a bike, kinda. <laughs> yeah, definitely, like he was definitely just, tried to steal a bike. He was just trying to check if the bike was chained up because he looked too inebriated to actually do anything such as stealing a bike. And then the cops came and uh, and they broke up our fun. But we will post the video uh, yeah. for everyone to see. We'll put the video up on our uh, YouTube channel and you can enjoy the minute and a half of the drunk man and our commentary our take on it yeah that's right riff tracks for drunk men that are fighting a parking meter so we have a lot oh there's so much that has happened since our last podcast we haven't done a podcast in like three weeks uh, our schedules have just been out of control and we've not been able to get it together we just have to do more embedded reports like in the iraq war yeah where we just poke 4 a.m we have some thoughts on a upcoming fight so we just videotape ourselves and put it on there and we'll do a big digest at the end anyway uh, yeah there's been a, a heavyweight title defense and I saw it live and it was the loudest arena I've ever been a part of it was crazy louder than UFC 194 yes Matt Kona and I were supposed to go to Cleveland together and Matt Kona went for the both of us uh, I did I lived it up baby I was the only person uh, this year vacationing in Cleveland first one in 2016 I was very sad I could not make the trip, but it just was not in the cards for me. So uh, it was a good it was a good fight night. There was three cards that were pulled, some in bizarre fashion, uh, which was unfortunate. I was looking forward to seeing Uncle Creepy. Uh, an elevator caused a back injury, but to be fair, there were about fifteen fighters who had just rehydrated after weigh-ins in the elevator. When it happened, and yeah, but dumb. I watched the. I watched the. It wasn't Uncle Creepy that was out. No, no, he was injured. He wasn't injured at all. His opponent was injured, but it was the second time this has happened to him in two months. And uh, well, I saw there was a there was a video inside the elevator, and who who was who was it that got injured? I in didn't the watch. Elevator? I didn't watch any. CB Dalloway. Okay, right. CB Dalloway. Right. So I watched the. I there. I watched the video online of the entire thing. And the whole time, C.B. Dalloway is smiling and laughing, including exiting the elevator. I didn't see any injury. I, it was real yeah, weird. Yeah, but it could I, be like a whiplash thing because you don't feel it right away. And yeah, maybe. He, yeah, but he I, stayed I, in Ohio for a week afterwards because he couldn't travel home. He couldn't fly oh, home. Oh, really? So. No shit. He might be really committed to the huh. gimmick. But, uh, I, I mean, I think that, if anything, it, it was a winnable fight for him. And he is on a losing streak, so yeah. Well, maybe you want to fight, especially you would want to fight with the one of the biggest audiences because, as we'll get to, it was also in addition to the heavyweight title being defended, the debut of CM Punk as a mixed martial artist in the UFC. (laughs) We're not uh, in the dark about what Nick thinks about it, but I'm more interested (laughs) in talking about the cumulative effect of having CM Punk on the card, which. To a fighter looking for exposure that's working his way up that not a lot of people, besides hardcore MMA fans, would know, being on the same card as CM Punk is a gift. It's a huge audience because if they're they're watching it, they're just going to watch the whole night. It's like a wrestling pay-per-view. They're going to approach it the same way, even if it's a product they're not watching. And if they like it, they see an exciting fight, maybe they'll follow MMA as well. It's happened. It happened with me. Uh, it's, it can happen with anyone. The, there were exciting and weird things to see throughout the night. First of all, Cleveland as a crowd is amazing. They're, they're known as a wrestling town uh, in, ter- in terms of like what is known as heel heat. When the crowd is booing, they were very loud and boisterous 
when Betch Kohei edged out Jessica I by split decision. They were not very happy with mm. it. But they shouldn't have been happy with the fight anyway, because it was not a good fight. But Jessica I has now lost three or four straight. And I don't know if that's it for her in the UFC. But the crowd booing was incredible. They were super loud when Stipe came out. They were super loud when Jessica came out as well. They were very loud for CM Punk. And they were booing the shit out of Fabrizio Berdoom because he was the, the bad guy the last time their homeboy Stipe fought. And, and he's already calling for a title shot before the fight even happened. So they're booing him. It was great. The fucking running, jumping... Uh, sidekick by Verdum to Travis Brown's face was my favorite moment of that fight. Yeah, that Besides was the a kick pretty... to Edmund Tarfer, you know? <laughs> yeah, That was my favorite moment of the fight. I missed that. I was uh, in the bathroom. I didn't know. Oh, man. Uh, Edmund, I've seen the video. Edmund's such a twerp. That, uh, I, I, at, first, I, at first, I was really disappointed in Verdum <laughs> because that's, that's, not, that's not a championship move. That's not the move of a champion. Champions don't kick uh, non-fighters that are half their size, that are not suited up to fight. It was a teep after kick. A fight. It was a teep kick, and the it, guy it, was in his face. Well, having said that, like I said, my initial reaction was it bummed me out that he did that. Yeah, and you then, can take Mazda, uh, yeah. And then uh, my my reaction afterwards is that. Fuck Edmund Tarverian. I think that guy's such a douchebag that I wish he kicked him harder. Yeah. And being there live, I didn't realize how douchey he was being in between rounds, just screaming in uh, Travis Brown's face. And I haven't watched it back because it was on pay-per-view. Well, it, But he's like, he's a baby. He can't handle your... Even though he was getting his ass handed to he's him. The, he's the worst fucking corner man in the UFC. He's fucking... He's yelling at him the whole time. He's going... He's got nothing for you. He's got no Yeah, he's just kicking. He just kicked your ass for three rounds. That's what he fucking has for you. Yeah. What he has for you is that he outworked you for three fucking rounds, and Edmund Tarverian didn't give him any good fucking advice. Not there yeah. were there was no technical advice. It was just hit him nonsense. Yeah. Right, hit him. You gotta <laughs> hit him. You got. You're better than him. Yeah. He's such a dink. Yeah. I, the guy needs to. Ah, uh, I think Travis Brown's career has been downhill since the five round beating he took to Verdum last time. Because I think that was his, his last camp I before he it, switched to Edmund. Yeah, well, I think that since he went to Edmund, he's been dog shit. Yeah. You know, I, I think he needs to beat feet and get the fuck out of there. Find somewhere else to go. I don't know if it's back to uh, back to Jackson Wink or where it is, but. Get out of there. Oh, that guy's, go to King's MMA. Right. The, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that guy is a meat stick. That guy is a meat stick. He's not He's not good for anybody. Uh, I mean, it, maybe it just feels bad for him because they know he's, he's bankrupt. He didn't make any money even though he was Ronda, Ronda Rousey's head coach. <laughs> anyway, Edmund Tarverian, piece of shit. But I'm just saying, that was some of the fanfare that a wrestling crowd can enjoy because they're like, oh, shit. Couple well, here's the, the here's the I, here, I, I was trying to uh, as soon as it happened as soon as it happened after <laughs> the fight I was like all right what's going to happen to Verdum what's going to happen to Verdum because the last time we saw something like that after the bell had rung when Paul Daly uh, took a swing and hit Josh Koscheck after the uh, after the bell he was uh, excommunicated from the UFC they bid him adieu so long. 
you're gonna have to give me directions because I don't know where all I'm the way past that. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Um, you know, they kicked him to the curb, but it, it, you know, the UFC is so fickle, dude. It's so fickle and so transparent. It has there's nothing to do with any kind of stay in the middle. It has nothing to do with any kind of. Uh, there, there's never any anything that has it to do with uh, an ethical decision or a moral decision. It has to do with a money decision, and a money decision is Verdum was the former champ, and he makes he, he rakes in big big dollars uh, down in Brazil. Well, the thing about that, though, is it's very different what he did, cheap kicking a guy that came at him who was not in the fight, who came at the, a guy who had just fought for 15 minutes. Uh, it's very different than sucker punching a guy that you were yeah. just fighting with. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it, it's something that... It's behavior. At a press conference like that, it gets you a huge fine. 10% of the purse per, uh, was what John Jones and Daniel Cormier were fined for their press conference brawl. Right. It's yeah. just, it's just, you know, they, they, they're people that make them money. They allow them. Uh, there's a lot of allowances for the more money that you make, the the more you can get away with. Yeah. The more money you make the UFC, the more you can, the more shit you can pull. Yeah. Edmund Tarverian was uh, removed from the building right after that, though. They escorted him out. Good. So, I mean, he's, he started it, so uh, it's fair. Whatever. Verdun says he's defending himself because he's a boxing coach. I think that is a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but uh, enjoyable <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, but it was a bizarre co-main event. As far as the fight, it was Verdum all the way. Travis Brown tried to eye-poke and groin-kick his way through it, uh, <laughs> uh, which was not working. I mean, it, it worked for, for what that was. But Verdum was in control. And not only that, Verdum showed no respect for him the whole time. He was just throwing, like, tumble-salt kicks and doing all this shit to Travis Brown. Like, he had no... He had nothing but contempt for him. Right. It was amusing in that way. And, uh... Jimmy Rivera versus Uriah Faber. That was kind of... I don't know if it's quite a... Speaking of my pokes, but... A passing of the torch type of... Uh, thing, but... Uriah Faber, he's gonna be around, but he's almost below gatekeeper level and even this, it's crazy to say because this is the only time in his whole career that he's lost back-to-back -back fights but it's just looking looking to me like he hasn't progressed like I've watched his last four fights I was there live for two of them and the other was the title fight against Dominic Cruz in the fight in the Philippines with Frankie Edgar and he wasn't it seemed like he still has the same strategy despite each opponent, and if it's not working, it's just not working. He's just trying to find his way out of the get through it. Don't get finished, right? And and it's all resulted in disappointing, one-sided losses. Uh, he's getting up there in age. I don't know if they're going to keep matching him against the young guns of the division, uh, but. I feel like he, Dana White loves him. He's a marketable guy. People, he got a big pop. The crowd all knew you right favor. Yeah, right. I mean, he, he was a, he was a, he was a giant draw. He was a giant draw in the WEC and he was a giant draw when he first came over and I still think he's a big draw. Uh, and I think he has a lot of fans. There are a lot of people that like him. He's definitely, definitely a marketable guy. But if you're the UFC, what do you do with him next? Do you have him fight other sort of older 
Feather, I mean, uh, I mean, he did fight at featherweight, but bantamweights, should he fight at featherweight? Uh, these people on the outskirts of the top, top 15, or, or uh, I mean, they're, I feel like it's feast or famine at the top of the bantamweight division, because you have, uh, there's not gonna be a rematch with Cruz. There, if TJ Dillashaw got his wish. I mean, I think that's the fight. I think that's his next fight because there's such animosity between them. There's such a story. How can they not do that fight? Before he retires, you know, if he's going to retire anytime soon, but uh, I mean, I don't see, I don't see him. I mean, I guess it's the closest thing that he would get to a money fight at this stage. And it's a grudge match. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a, I think that's a main event for a, for a, you know, Fox, you know, a UFC on Fox card, um, and but let's to, just agree that TJ Dillashaw would absolutely run through him. I don't think it would. I go. I think I think Dillashaw is. The, I don't know about running through him, but I think that Dillashaw is the better fighter. Yeah. But he's. I mean, he's just so much faster. He's so much faster. But I, that's the all right, That's the match to make. I guess. Dillashaw doesn't like it. He he thinks he deserves a rematch. He thinks he won the fight in the first place against Cruz. Right. He beat a sensile at UFC 200 FS1 prelims. Now what do you do? Does he sit and wait? Does he? Because he. I that's mean, so he's weird. Kept, that's he's a, that's such a fall from grace. Being the champion, being headlining champion to being a. a Fox Sports One prelim. Yeah, but it was still is a prelim on the biggest card theoretically of the year, UFC 200. Right. So it's I mean even Johnny Hendricks, former champion, was on the prelims. So well, you know that just makes the prelims more appealing theoretically by those standards. But uh, I mean he went back, he avenged the loss, he did it, he won by decision. So yeah, do you give him a rematch? The Garbrandt matchup is sexier, and I actually. Got to ask a question at the UFC in Cleveland. Maybe we can dump the audio into the podcast. Yes, we have it already. We'll we'll dump that right here. All right, let's start over here. Long hair, don't care. Okay, yes. (laughs) Uh, First of all, shout out to Cleveland. Yes. Cheap pop. Cody, uh, you're a phenomenal fighter. Your last few knockouts have been uh, outstanding. And I know there's a lot of traffic at the top of the bantamweight division, and you've had to break out some uh, trash talk. Now, uh, do you feel comfortable trash talking? I know he's been a little criticized in the past, like Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore type of stuff, but what do you what do you say about TJ Dillashaw saying that it's a joke and it's not a sport anymore if you get the next title shot, and if you have anything to say specifically to him or Dominic Cruz uh, as you make your way closer to that shot? You want to get right into it, stirring the pot. Let's it out. Okay. Let's dive right in. Uh, like I said before, the Takeya Mizugaki fight. Um, Takeya was the default fight. Had a hit list going on after that was Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw, John Lineker. So uh, I have their careers mapped out for him too. So, uh, you know, TJ wants to cry about not getting a title shot next or if he doesn't. Um, I went out there and consecutively had three first-round knockouts. And um, more than granted to have the next title defense or title shot. All right, thanks a lot. I had a feeling you were going to have a follow up, but you, the pressure got. Well, you. there's not really a follow up there. <laughs> I mean, you know, just talk some trash, whatever. All right, fair enough. Thank you. All right, thanks, thanks, guys. Cody, to MMAniacs. <laughs> okay. Wasn't that a great question? 
<laughs> I'm the only one that refers to him as Shooter McGavin of MMA, <laughs> but uh, I think it could catch on. I don't know. It wasn't quite as big an audience at the Q&A as there was in, at the Vegas one, but I did do... Uh, I forgot to say shout out to MMAX podcast. But I, I did. You got it in like, at the end. I, I heard you like really under your breath, like as you're like MMAX. I go shout out to MMAX. <laughs> she's like, it's kind of distracting. Fucked up. Fucked that one up. I almost asked another question. I should have identified as a reporter. I'm like, well, I'm sitting next to the press section. Yeah, it's yeah. across the aisle. Matt Kona, MMAX Radio. Hey, Cody, what do you think about T.J. Dillashaw? <laughs> is he a little so bitch or what? <clears throat> so yeah. you think that's the match to make up? Is is Cody Garbrandt no. Dillashaw or Cody Garbrandt Uriah Faber? No, Cody Garbrandt Dom Cruz. Is the oh, matchup. Dom Cruz. Yeah, yeah. Right. But T.J. Dillashaw is not happy about that. But I feel like there's more momentum, and that's a more interesting fight to me. I thought... Dillashaw and Cruz had a great fight. We were there for it live. It, it was it was great to watch it. I've since watched it back uh, on DVR. But I want to see if through five rounds, Cody Garbrandt can throw that kind of volume with that kind of power behind it and hit a target that moves the way that Cruz well, moves. Uh, I can... think that he can. That's the thing. It's five rounds. I think that he can be found. Dillashaw was able to get through to him. Uh, doesn't hit as hard as Cody Garbrandt, but Garbrandt puts everything behind it. He's got devastating knockout power for a guy in that light of class. And he's showed it. His last three fights have been sub-one-round knockouts. Right. It's very impressive. And when you have 25 minutes in a big cage, I love the way Dominic Cruz fights, and I love the way he moves, but that is an intriguing matchup to me. And add to it the dislike and beef... And Dominic Cruz is so talented on the mic. Cody Garbrandt is Shooter McGavin. So th- th- that's all there is to it. Like, that's the fight that I want to see. Dillashaw, maybe you could say deserves it, but we're not in the he deserves this based on what rankings type of world in, in the UFC today. It's just not true. That explains why in the co-main event, CM Punk made his MMA debut uh, in front of millions and millions of people watching at home. And, uh, and well, there's nothing to talk about that. If you want to break down in that, I, I think I'll send you this YouTube link, and you will there's jerk off to, to it. There's nothing to what about it. There's Watch nothing. This. There's nothing to say about it because there's, there's nothing to say about it. I have lots to say about. No, it. about the fight as a whole. If you were to break down it from an anal- it keeps straight. Uh, breakdown from an analytical analytical standpoint, which is what Luke Thomas did on the Monday Morning Analyst. He looks at it basically slide by slide, almost all two minutes and 14 minutes of the fight, 14 seconds of the fight, rather. Um, but by slide, to show everything possible, he did wrong, he did wrong. And uh, it's quite fascinating to watch it. So pl- plug the YouTube show, the Monday Morning Analyst with Luke Thomas. Watch the CM Punk Mickey Gall breakdown. That's just a recommendation to you specifically, Nick. The um, audience can whatever. Just listen to. Uh, I'll I'll watch it for the entertainment value of it. I, I really don't. I you never I never did wanted you see to see all of the two I, or three. Yes, I did. I watched it a couple of different times because I was so horrified at the level of incompetence that I saw. Have you watched not, that fight many times? I watched it three times. Okay. Three or four times I watched the entire fight. Uh, 
because it just kept coming up in my news feed on Facebook, and I go, all right, I'll watch that again. <laughs> I want to see this dipshit get his fucking neck choked out again. Uh, it's not... It, he has no fucking business being in there, and people are like, oh, you got to give him credit. You got to... You know what? Fucking give me $500,000, and I'll fucking go in there against Cain Velasquez. He can beat the shit out yeah, of nobody me. Nobody wants to he see can beat that. The, no, nobody does, but... It's not, it's not, it, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no altruistic fucking, it's not like he's some, he, he, he's providing some, like, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the word is I'm trying to fucking come up with, or the thing it's that I'm trying curiosity. to say. It's just curiosity, honestly, it's just the modern day, ver- like, the fight to me was the modern day version of UFC 1, but Mickey Gall played the role of Hoist Gracie, and CM Punk played the role of the world that didn't know about Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Go left here. That's all it was. It was takedown, and you can't stop this. And pretty much, that's how it went. CM Punk threw zero strikes in the entire fight, so I may have seen his UFC debut, but I have not seen his striking debut. Uh... And he threw a few things off of his back. He defended a couple of things, okay. Go wrong. Uh, 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 but you should watch it. Monday Morning Analyst, it breaks down. Because you think he did a lot wrong, and, and there's actually more. So it's it's kind of interesting to watch. And this is no way of gloating. I was interested in CM Punk. I'm a fan of his professional wrestling. There were some seriously awkward moments in the lead up to this and I was curious I did not buy a ticket to CCM Punk I bought tickets the day before his uh, announcement on the card was announced that sounds redundant but his presence on the card was announced that it was already locked into the Q Arena trip to Cleveland but uh, yeah. an interesting spectacle I'm wearing a CM Punk shirt now because I thought that he may <laughs> never be in the UFC again so I want to have a collectible eBayable item that says CM Punk UFC on it. So if anyone would like to buy it, hit me up on eBay. <laughs> I can be contacted through eBay. How much do you want for it? I would like to burn it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, well, I want $200. I want $500,000. Oh, hey, I know where we're at Plus oh. pay-per-view points. Wow, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Mass have baby all the way. Wow, that was pretty snazzy. That was a pretty snazzy little move. I was, I was, uh, my move was Storo Drive nah, to 93. Yeah, yeah. Oh, huh. huh. that's pretty snazzy little trick you had there, Matt Cohen. Yeah. Anyone wants to know how to get I don't know else? shit about this town. Just take pass that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that was, those were the big things that stood out to me about Cleveland. I had a good time there. Um, Stipe looked, Stipe looked awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You we know, didn't even really talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we didn't talk about that looked, uh, uh, Alistair looked good, too. I mean, he had, he, he got it in, too. I, I thought, man, I thought, I thought, uh, he was my pick. I thought Alistair was going to get it. Uh, he was my pick in my fantasy thing. I, I picked Overeem to win it, and I thought there was a couple of times where it looked like he was, he was going to do it. Uh, it turns into two lanes. It's really fun. Uh, yeah, I was freaking out because I put money on Stipe. And, uh, and uh, it was just crazy. Dude, every fight. People hung on every move of that fight. It was excellent just to be a part of that crowd. It was really cool. It was really something. They roared with every strike he landed. The way he chased Alistair down. Uh, 
who was people who have been car- comparing it to Conor McGregor uh, scooting away from Nick Diaz, but no, uh, Elser had to pretty much run in certain points because Stipe is fast and explosive, and he was lighting him up when, when they were hitting him. But Alistair dropped him first, which was the most incredible part. Uh, and then got him in the guillotine. He fought the hands the whole time. Yeah. It was a phantom tap. But, um, yeah, that was... <laughs> yeah, Joe Rogan said some stuff about that afterwards. He, I mean, he said it on the... On the mic? On the mic. And he, he said oh, some stuff Oh, it was awkward, man. About, you have this guy that just got fucking knocked out no every the crowd boo him because he's saying well I'm pretty sure he tapped and I won and then they yeah but he's all it's exactly what Rogan said you know he's all discombobulated and he yeah but people don't know the extent of it really at the time they're just like you sore loser no I get it that's what I'm saying that's all people are seeing they're not taking into account the fact the guy just got his fucking bell rung yeah yeah gotcha you know, and that's what Rogan is saying. It's not fair. He said, I'd like to see the UFC implement a rule where we don't interview guys that just got knocked the fuck out because they don't know what the fuck they're saying. So it's a, you know, it's an interesting argument. It's an interesting, it's an interesting argument. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they don't uh, interview the, the losers of fights because of a real bad knockout or... Ronda Rousey probably couldn't even speak after she got knocked out by Holly Holm. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not against that. It, it's weird. It, like, actually, I don't know if you noticed this earlier, but usually it's only the main event where the loser gets interviewed. Right. CM Punk was interviewed. That's the only time I've ever seen that in a UFC fight where in a non-main event, if it's a co-main event, it's a title fight, okay, fair play. But a non-title, non-main event... It's only because of the spectacle and the story that they've put so much into the background of having uh, an ending, I guess. Or a, at least a, a, a place to put a pin in it. Uh, interesting. Just shows the way the UFC is changing and now there will be more under the guise of W, uh, EMI, IMG, or W, not WWE, but an entertainment an entertainment group that now owns the company. Things are changing. I'm horrified at what's next. (laughs) Uh, It it really disturbs me to see the lines blurred between these two things. Because... But, to be fair, that's something that they inherited. CM Punk was a contract that they inherited from Zufa. So it's not like they're... I get it. I'm not, not... I'm just saying that the likelihood of more nonsense like this, I think, is greater because of the nature of their business. Because like of the what nature kind of, of nonsense would you shudder to think? You'll see more people that have no fight experience that are play actors getting a shot to fight because it's some kind of money grab. That's the kind of nonsense I'm talking about. Talking about not here's a here's a, here's a I wasn't happy to see Brock Lesnar come over, but Brock Lesnar is a motherfucker wrestler. He's a real guy. He's been in combat situations his whole life. That's combat. When you're going out there and wrestling, you have fucking hundreds and thousands of matches under your belt. That's real. That's combat. 
you can use that to dominate people. And he did with basically no other skills, just that wrestling. But that's enough when you're that high of a caliber wrestler and you're that physically imposing. You can do that without having much other skill. CM Punk, I don't have to tell you this. We know it. We've all gone over it. Has no combat experience, no martial arts experience, no wrestling experience, nothing. And is just gifted this opportunity to come in the proving ground for the best martial artists on the fucking planet. It's just disgraceful. It's disgraceful the money that he made. It's disgraceful. It's it's spitting in the face of people that have worked their entire lives and have put in the blood and the sweat and the fucking anguish and the pain to get to that spot and still aren't there. And it was given to this guy because he's a celebrity. It's just silly. It it's silly. It's because he's a celebrity. It's because Lorenzo Fertitta reached out to him after he had a nasty pairing with the WWE so the the, the old why do you guard, think they did that because he's a celebrity not because he's a celebrity but because he's in wrestling which he, they want wrestling fans to become fans of real fighting so to take someone that just had a very public breakup with the number one and pretty much only wrestling conglomerate a, a company that like it or not does has way more fans than mixed martial arts, which has been around for a fraction of the time that professional wrestling has been. And it's completely different in production alone, and never mind what actually happens in the ring or cage or what have you. So he he extended the invite to CM Punk and threw a bunch of money at him. I'm saying, what are you worried about the new owners? doing because this was a success having other guys do it I don't even know if they'll have CM Punk back I don't know if they'll in the UFC although it makes it, it makes almost no sense to have him unless you're going to take one of the uh, many affiliate fighting groups that air on Fight Pass but th guess what they're not even making money off of that they're basically it's like a pay to play to have a bigger audience like that so there's no way they're going to lend this guy that brought thousands of pay-per-view buys and millions of dollars in total revenue despite not throwing one punch uh, to the UFC. I don't know. I, I don't see wrestlers coming over in droves to try to do what CM Punk could not do. And he took two years to do it, I feel like. I don't know. Speculation. I'm sure... Why wouldn't they have him back? They that oh, no, it, it, it they, went it, down exactly the way that I thought it went down, and I'm nobody. I, the people that are fight that are that are paid to know the fight game had to know that that's how the fucking thing was going to go down, and they did it anyways. And so, uh, why wouldn't they do it again? Why wouldn't they do it again if it's made so much money? Why wouldn't they do it again? Yeah, this guy sucks, but hey, he's got all these followers and, uh, fuck it. Get another two years when he's 43 years old. Get him, get him back on again. Yeah, that's specifically CM Punk. Oh, I'm just saying, I don't think many other, I don't think you're going to see Chris Jericho or Randy Orton or any other, uh, bigger wrestling names come over. Uh, I don't know. Who who's to say there's not they're not going to strike up some fucking deal? 
you know, it's an entertainment company. What if if there's their money to be made? Uh, you know, I, I just I worry that there will be you know somewhere down the line it'll just be it'll just all blurred. Everything will be blurred, and the purity of the sport of mixed martial arts will be tainted by the fact that it is filled with all kinds of nonsense. And. Uh, but there's so much out there that it's, the thing is that I feel like it's not going to affect the product as a whole because there's still it's all about matches two men in a little cage at one time it's not going to be it may be you know people you haven't heard of because they're prospects or they're the odd celebrity but I really don't think celebrity MMA will catch on or it's a thing that has to be worried about there's a lot of uh, fights out there to be made and people coming up at all times so. Uh, and that proves it by seeing UFC Hidalgo because there's a lot of fighters I'd never heard of and a lot of fighters who were on reality shows such as The Ultimate Fighter, Ultimate Fighter Latin America, Season 1 and 2, and uh, a, a fight pass prelims full of Dana White looking for a fight competitors too. So, And that's where Mickey Gall is from. So it's the reality show versus non-reality of wrestling. Uh, it's just... It's not the way of the world, but a way to find new stars or something. Who's this? Just turn around. Um, looking ahead, the next thing is Cyborg versus Next Victim. Do you think that Landsberg has any uh, shop next Saturday, this coming Saturday? Say it again. Sam in Brazil, Cyborg. Christine no I Christine. don't I, you know I, I think they're just lining up tomato cans for her to still just wipe through I mean I don't think she had an image on the UFC homepage until yesterday and this is the, the, her competitor yeah <laughs> it's just shadow man silhouette woman right so uh, that that's the next main event and then after that UFC 204 the grudge match the final fight? Will it? I want to hear your thoughts on this. Will it be the final fight? Dan Henderson versus Michael Bisping too. Uh, I, I, I mean, who knows? It, I'm, I'm asking you. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm trying to speculate here. I mean, Dan Henderson's a warrior. If he wins that title, I can't see him not defending it. He's gone on on record saying that's it. Yeah. Well, maybe he will. Maybe Do you he will, want to but... see him defend this against Yoel Romero? No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I, 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 I think I was pre been pretty clear about how I felt about it. I, I think he didn't deserve uh, getting the shot, but I, I'm very torn about it. I'm, I'm happy that he did get the shot because it's his last chance to do it. He's at the end. He's at the very it's end. His last belt to get. He's at all the others. Right. So. Uh, you know, I, I'm very torn about it. I, I don't feel like he deserves it. I don't feel like uh, I, I don't like the I don't like the this trend of uh, champions calling out much lesser, much less deserving fighters. Um, uh, he didn't. Non to, to be fair, he didn't call him out. He when the, he was given a list of opponents and he responded to it and said that he's never uh, refused any fight. That's the fight that Dana White reality show producer made uh, but it is a fight that's basically just 
the way that they're marketing it is good though it's based on that that one punch after he was knocked flat at UFC 200 the diving now logo of Dan Anderson punching a convulsing bisping in his <laughs> as Nick would say twat face <laughs> limey twat limey face. twat face excuse me get it right uh, Michael Bisping friend of the show check out the Facebook picture uh I've met him. It was what he's, he's one. Of, he's one of the classic Matt Kona photos where I haven't trimmed my mustache in a while, and I give a toothy smile, and it looks like I just have broken teeth, <laughs> broken rotting teeth. Uh, that is not the case. Yeah, a lot of other British fighters. You got Gegard Mousasi against Vitor Belfort in the co-main event. That's an exciting fight in terms of old guard, newer guard. Even though Vitor is uh, almost ageless at this point. Thanks to TRT. <laughs> Got thoughts on that? Okay. Well, sorry, I I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to look up uh, some information here. Just give me one second. It's pertinent information. Get ready for some it's information. Per- it's, pertinent, it's pertinent information. Uh, I, I've, I've, I've recently have spoken to uh, Donnie Villanueva from LCCT in Schaumburg, Illinois. He'd like to do another interview. Um, and so I might... So you're just looking up his uncle so you can tell him that you might know his ha- uncle? No, I'm just trying to fill some time while I look up this other stuff. Uh, uh, so I might tack that on to the end of this podcast here. Um, and I didn't hear... Tell me exactly what... You're- Gegard Mousasi against Vitor Belfort is the co-main event uh, of UFC 204 in Manchester. It should be called UFC 204 AM in Manchester uh, because that's when it's going to be airing local time. So it can be on 10 p.m. time for us Americans in the East and West Coast. Gegard Mousasi versus who? Vitor Belfort. Oh, my God. How did you say that three times? I didn't hear I that. I don't know. Wow, that's an interesting is a, fight. This is a good one. <laughs> no, that's an interesting fight. Uh... Wow. You, know, you even laughed at the TRT joke I made about him, and they were like, let's say it three more times. <laughs> or maybe you were just fake laughing because you were looking up information. Eh, regardless. Uh, um, uh, it's a far-off uh, fight, but I'm just saying it's... I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Gayard Musasi. I, I feel like if if he... It depends on which one shows up. That guy is hot and cold. Uh, I, I mean, I've seen him where he looks like a world beater, unfucking stoppable, and then other times where it's like, ugh, what happened? So it's a you know, and Vitor is the same way. He's the same way. It's a it's you never know. It's which. Opening flurry. If he doesn't yeah. get you with that, can he hang on for five? Well, it's not five rounds, three rounds, but still. Yeah, it's, I mean, I remember his first fight. I remember Belfort's first fight, and it was like UFC twelve, and it was against this guy Scott Ferrazzo, and he just fucking annihilated him. He just came out and blasted across the ring, and he knocked him out in like, God, it was in, it was under a minute, just flattened, him. and everybody was like shaking in their boots. But nobody wanted nobody yeah. wanted to fight that dude. Nobody wanted shit to do with Vitor Belfort at all because he came in and he did it to Trey Telegman, and uh, I mean he was just flatlining mother. UFC 12. Think about that. This is the co-main event of UFC 204. I know. Yeah, I don't know if that was if it was 12, but it was. But it was early. Yeah, it was very early. It was very early. You know, it might have been UFC 2020 or something, but it was early. UFC 2020, <clears throat> a special report. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh yeah, that's the other thing I want to say. Uh, one of our, our big fans, Steve Ward, um, he's he's one of the guys that's been uh, kind of in our corner since we started doing the podcast. Um, he's good friends with uh, Tamden McCrory. Um, Who has and, a fight coming up with Nate Marquardt. Oh, my God. That's yeah. such a good fight. Yeah. That is such a good fight. I was so excited to see that fight. What a good fight that is. That is an exciting fight. God damn, what a good fight that is. Um, so Steve Steve Ward is a, is a good friend. He, he is actually the first person to be licensed as a MMA referee in the state of New York. Really? And wow. so uh, I'm going to get do an interview with him awesome. to talk about the process of that. Um, I talked to him about it. He's very interested in doing it. He loves the podcast. He's a big fan of ours. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm gonna uh, I might tag that on the end of this podcast as well, so you may hear that. Um, or maybe not, you should save it for UFC 205 as we lead up to the mm, might not debut too. in New York, but return and debut in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I could we could do we could do one now and then do one then too. Um, because that's a that's a little ways off. Yeah. I feel like there's so much so much news that I've seen over the course of the last. Well, they weeks finally made. Uh, speaking of UFC 205, um, matches were announced and then kind of not officially announced. One fell apart between Robbie Lawler and Cowboy Cerrone, um, which I'm totally fine with. Robbie Lawler is one of the fighters. I didn't get him to do a. a a plug, but we got a photo, and he's shorter than I am, so I put like my arm around him, I kind of crouched down, and he said, just be tall, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that actually, like, made a profound impact on me. I feel like, am I bending too much to other people's wills to make them more comfortable? <laughs> like, why do I, when I, why would I think that would make him more comfortable? Like, hey, what's up, man, you fucking top-of-the-line fighter? Oh, don't worry, I'll crouch down so you look big. <laughs> <laughs> that was your way to make yourself feel like you're like you had something to you know, like you had like you had something over him. Yeah, literally, I mean, literally and figuratively. Yeah, but we at the, at the, by that same token, I met Cody Garbrandt the day after I did the Q and A with him. Like I got in his line, and I I was wondering. I mean, I thought he would recognize me, a recognizable person. But he goes, oh yeah, good good question. He's like, thanks, because I did kind of buffer the question with a compliments and his fighting ability and I made it about trash talk but I definitely like you've been compared to even though he hasn't been it's just me who is compared, <laughs> been compared, McGavin, been compared um, in my bedroom and in my in my bathroom mirror you have been compared to Shooter McGavern yeah from from uh, Happy Gilmore yes um, but I I said hey I saw someone before you do a do a stare down can we do a stare down pick and so I got a stare down pick with Cody Garbrandt and he looked at me real intensely and, it, and I looked at the picture and it felt like we were a lot closer together like, uh, it's not a sizable difference but this shit's intense man people take it you know they take it seriously I don't know if it's annoying to ask a fighter to do a stare down pick but it's up to them to, to look to take it seriously or not but anyway yeah, in terms of a bigger guy, I did not hunch down to Cody Garbrandt. That would have been too low. He's a small, small man that could beat the fuck out of many, many people. <laughs> uh, I have some. I actually, I have some, some very, some bad news. Um, I uh, uh, earlier this week, they uh, 
Kenny Florian was oh, yeah, was uh, was trying to trying to find his brother Kirk, um, and then they found him later on that day, and he passed away. And I don't, we don't know what happened to him, and I don't want to speculate. Um, uh, I have I have no idea. I you know I I don't know. Yeah, they I, look like such a tight knit family, especially if you watch the uh, as it leads up to the finale of the Ultimate Fighter Season 1. Uh, the Florians, they all look similar to each other. Yeah, yeah. They seem like, like best buds. And like a tight-knit family. They run a school together in Brookline. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. trained with all three of them. I trained with all three of them at Boston Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And then uh, after after Kenny and Keith opened up Florian Martial Arts, I trained there for a while. Um, and I know the funeral for Kirk is tomorrow. I'm, gonna, I'm going to that tomorrow morning. Um... So, you know, I'll, I'll I'll tell you how that went on the next don't ask on the next podcast. Promos, <laughs> yeah, it's not not the place for pictures no. or promos. Yeah, don't be that guy. No, no, it's not be that no. guy that's at a funeral asking for pictures and promos. I feel like that. Will well, I, I want to go and support them. I you know I those guys were a very integral part of my jujitsu life, and uh, I think that they're really good good guys uh all three of them kenny keith and kirk were all really good people and um uh, you know i care for them as as human beings and i feel awful that this happened to them and i want to go support them and you know just just be there and you know it doesn't it's if it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it matters to me and i uh, you know i'm gonna i want to be there to be there for them and let them know that i that i care so, uh, oh, uh, so that's a that's a terrible thing. Can I? It, this on. might be <laughs> an awkward transition, but it, it still falls under the realm of MMA news, tragic news, and uh, so Chael Sonnen was just released from his oh, UFC contract. God, he signed yeah. with Bellator. I know you didn't watch any of the Bellator broadcast, but. I'm sure they put the photos on anyone, Also, anyone can watch if you go to bellator.spike.com the day after an event. You can watch every fight. They just put them up separately. It's pretty easy. Um, but Chael Sonnen pretty much opened the broadcast, and he just lost a, a daughter who was born premature. And he opens up the... And this is, I want to say, less than two months ago. But he opens up the broadcast with... This is JLP Sun in here, just signed with Bellator, and I want you to know, all the MMA fans, uh, I've been getting all, all your cards and, uh, your well wishes, and I just want you to know that, uh, I don't give a damn. Like, I don't care about it, I don't care about you, I just want your money. Like, all this shit. Oh, but, yeah. like, it seemed like, I mean, he's always been a, a the pro wrestling type of yeah, heel right. gimmick. It, exactly, it said yeah. that, but it just felt like a uh, little weird that you would use your icky. own. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, that is definitely a little bit icky. Fuck. Like, Oof, like, why like, would you open with that, okay? Like, if you're building up to, I don't know, it, it just seems strange. Uh, obviously, it's a personal choice of his, or in a way to deal with a tragedy, or it's a shocking thing to get people like us to start speaking about it and talking about it. Yeah, well, uh, it worked. <laughs> yeah. It worked. It, yeah. But are you excited to see Trail Sonnen fight for the first time in two years in Bellator? Do you think it's going to be... Like, 
he wants to fight Tito Ortiz. I mean, I guess that's kind of. Uh, I'm not really interested in sense. I, I don't really uh, care to ever see either of those guys fight again. Really, you know, they're not. Um, you know, neither of them are in their prime, and <laughs> uh, you know, neither of them were ever super exciting fighters. They well, both have a cool. very similar style. They're both ground and pound specialists. They're both takedown artists, and they like to punch people from the top. And you know, that's a gr- if it's if it works, great. But it's not a super exciting thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I. You know, I'm not trying to shit on either of those guys. I I think that they're both, uh, in their own respects, uh, very different, different, very different respects. They're pioneers uh, in the sport of mixed martial arts, and uh, you know I appreciate them for that. But at this point, it's, you know, it's not like how many more times? How many more times? How many more fucking times are we going to see Ken Shamrock? I, I agree. You know, Ken I don't need to see Ortiz ever again. That's yeah. fine with me. He can sign autographs at Buster, David Buster's. That's <laughs> totally cool. If we go to Bellator again, I will pose a picture with him. Don't need to see him fight again. One of the other names that they called out, a little unusual, but both guys said that they would fight at multiple weight classes, including what Chael refers to as gangster weight. Uh, Rory McDonald's. Shale <laughs> would be a much bigger fighter. I think Roy McDonald against Shale Sonnen uh, is interesting. But that's it is, a, that's a much more interesting fight than... It's uh, still bordering on freak show to some degree. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's but it's a much more interesting fight. We see Shale Sonnen gets to make a lot of Canadian stereotype jokes, and they'll leave that <laughs> to it. I guess that could be funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big Rory McDonald fan. I, I think that he's going to take over Bellator. I think he's going to fucking run Bellator. I think he's going to run a couple of weight classes. I think he's going to probably grab a, snatch up a couple of belts there. Uh, uh, I'm excited to see it. It's not going to happen for a year, but we'll see. He's, if he breaks his nose after every fight. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a lot. It'll be a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. In terms of other MMA news, uh, well, they did make the announcement, UFC 205. Wonder Boy Thompson will indeed get the title shot over Nick Diaz and GSP to fight Tyron Woodley in Madison Square Garden. Uh, it has not been referred to as the main event. I think that they're still shooting to try to get McGregor Alvarez to happen for the lightweight title. Yeah, um, I, <sighs> but God. other news. What, what other news <laughs> that, that do you recall off the top of your head? Because well, besides that and... Uh, still no resolution to the John Jones thing. More speculation. Uh, have you watched any of the season's flyweight Ultimate Fighter or the Forrest Griffin uh, and uh, coached uh, Ultimate Fighter Latin America against uh, what's his name? Uh, I said Chuck Zito. Uh, Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't seen any of it yet. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't, watched yet. That I haven't even watched the new season of The Ultimate Fighter oh. USA yet. I haven't seen the, whatever, there's, was there three it's or four? USA. Whatever. The <laughs> USA version oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah, The yeah. Ultimate yeah. Fighter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they're fighters from all over the world, okay? South Africa. Right. Uh, Antarctica. Not Antarctica. Alaska. So I haven't, I haven't seen any of the episodes of that yet. Um, one of the things I, I, I didn't want to talk about is uh, Ally. If you've read the thing about Ally Akinta, uh, uh, he know did he have was announced the two hundred five. He then, was announced the two hundred five, and then right when they were getting to sign the fight agreement, he backed out uh, because he was not getting paid what he felt he was worth. 
and he uh, he was also they were they had punished him for some other minor what he called minor transgressions. They punished him by not allowing him to be eligible for fight bonuses. It was a weird, what? yeah, it was a weird uh, little caveat that they that they little little punishment caveat, um, and so he just refused to sign his fight agreement. So he's stuck in whatever Jeez. limbo land right now. Uh, we don't know what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> right. He's wow. hanging out with Tim Kennedy and and uh, pay me what I'm worth uh, town, which is nothing. If I don't, you don't know. Sign a fight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the backstory to all that is, but I do remember reading an article on Bloody Elbow with fighters' reactions to the no- announced retirement of Joe Silva, and most people had kind or vaguely on the fence things to say. Uh, the only thing Ali Quinta said was "good riddance." So. So he doesn't get along with the one of the longest tenured pre-Zufa UFC people, and uh, he's not shy about it. And hey, he pays the price, I guess. It sucks, it, and I think that it's more things like this may lead to a fighter union. Well, uh, I fight, think it's just it's, a matter of time. It's, it's not. It's, it's not. It's like hurting cats, though, because it's so many individuals, and there's so many people who are desperate to fight. It's almost like what's happening to the watering down of comedy, because anybody will perform for free, so the quality suffers as a result. Or people that are deserving to be paid won't get the spots, because someone will do it for less. Right. So it's that's the way it could get to in well, fighting. Well, that's, that's the way it shouldn't be because they, because it's because they're making oh, so much more money. That's the fucked up part. Yeah, it's like they're making so much more money in the UFC. They should be spending the money on the fighters. Yeah. You know, if they're making money, everybody should be making money. You know, they shouldn't be. I think that's one of the main factors. That's why Zufa sold it. That the Ali Act's coming up. Ronda is fading. How much longer can McGregor maintain all this? Like, like they knew right. they're, they're gamblers. They sell high right after 200. The next day, they announced that, hey, we're fucking out of here. Cool. Enjoy it while it lasts, but it's going to it's gonna be like Rome. Rome wasn't sacked in a day. <laughs> That's what I say. The fall of Rome. The fall of Rome. <laughs> Shit's blowing up. But uh, I don't know. We're we're getting close to an hour. We may have an interview to tag on. Do you have anything else? That, uh, no, I have nothing. On? Nothing else pertinent right now. Thank you all for tuning in to the Animaniacs podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Check us out. Uh, you can listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Pocket Casts. You just start saying you have been listening. Yeah, on you iTunes. Have. Whatever you've been listening to, you can listen to it other ways as well. Yeah. Tell your friends, your we family, your neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we sound so much different on Stitcher than we do on iTunes. Yeah, um, yeah check us out. Uh, check out our Facebook page, MMAniacs Podcast Facebook page. Check out our Twitter, MMAniacs Pod. Um, you can email us at MMAniacsPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we just have- got a new password. It's... <laughs> Yes, I, for those of you that don't know or didn't know or, or wouldn't know. Or received spam email from yeah, us. Yeah, or if you're the cocksucker that hacked my uh, all my shit, fuck you. I'm going to come find you. So my all my shit got hacked and I had to change all my passwords for everything. So so suck it, hacker. There you go. You bitch. And uh, yeah, 
stay tuned to the YouTube because we may post some shit if we're uh, we're definitely uh, posting a video of a drunk guy so go go check that out because yeah. that will be on our that will be on our uh, on our yeah I tried to do a post Cleveland wrap up after uh, we couldn't uh, do the podcast live because I was still at the bar celebrating with all of Cleveland after the fight and my camera died so it's five minutes of that so I tried to do a little bit of a wrap up one on YouTube so uh, I'll post that as well if you want to know more in depth about the nature of my vacation to the Cleveland. We didn't even we didn't even mention the main and co-main event from this lot. We didn't even mention Michael Johnson, a holy shit knockout, and uh, Derek Brunson, holy shit knockout, which maybe is a little bit of an early stop. Yeah, knockout. it was more like a so, holy shit. Look how he fell. Like he felt like a crumpled man, but I don't think he was completely out. I think it was yeah, a little I, don't know, I have to watch stuff, it again. I have to watch it again because you can. He was it. tackling. Here's, uh, here's the thing. Herb Dean afterwards, so that's well, a that's pretty the, good. That's sign. the thing. Yeah. Uh, and Herb Dean's right there, and he's seen it hundreds of times. He knows what he's looking for. Yeah. He's not in the business of stopping a fight when it doesn't need to be stopped, but he is in the business of fighter safety. So, you know, I got. I, it. I have I no got, problem with it, but I can see. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I, I was questioning it when I saw it, but after, you know, I, I haven't watched it enough to get a real, I've seen it once, and I haven't watched it enough to get a, like, get a real opinion on it, but my immediate reaction was, fuck, that was early. Yeah. But mm-hmm. after considering who it is, you know, he's not, him and Big John are the two best guys in the business. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they don't make mistakes either, so everybody, sure. everybody does, so he's but- just less likely to. True, and I, but I just think that yeah, it's just where he was in the cage because he fell into the cage, which caused his body to move that way. If he was hit like that in empty space, he would have dropped him. He might not have been knocked out. He might have had the same look on his face that Poirier had when Johnson first dropped him. Yeah, because that it, it looked like a knockout shot, but he was still somewhat aware, but not able to even put his hands up or react because yeah, Johnson just those dived shots, on him. Yeah, the shots he took once he once he was down on the mat. Were... Yeah, speaking of Michael Bisping versus Dan Henderson, yeah, right. Like, that was very. Uh, that was that was very. Uh... Yeah. Well, not really, because he was still awake when Bisping hit the. No, hit, but he was when just Bisping hit the canvas. He was out. Yeah, when Henderson he was hit when Henderson hit him, he knew he was already out when he hit him. Yeah, <laughs> that that's was a, true. So, but hey, that's a good hard hitting show to end on. Yeah. End the hour thanks, book. thanks for listening, everybody. Peace. See you later. The MMAniacs podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlinkhooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com. That's the end. Now read it.